Hey, y'all. Welcome to another edition of Be The Change Georgia podcast. Our featured guests are amongst today's most purpose-driven leaders who are proving that a stakeholder-driven economic system that cares about their people, communities, customers, and the environment, not just shareholder value, is not only the right way towards a sustainable future, but that it's also great for business. Today, we're in for a treat because Nathan Stuck is chatting with Brandon Pellicero, the Chief Value Officer and owner of Ecolink. His team co-develops new chemical compounds in a very responsible way with industry and government agencies, including Callaway Golf, GE Energy, Lockheed Martin, Nike, Siemens, and more. In this episode, you'll get an insider's account of Brandon's leadership story at the company, his journey towards becoming a B Corp, and how they've implemented some incredibly innovative benefits for their employees like a four-day work week and an amazing retirement plan. Take it away, Nathan. Welcome to another episode of Be the Change Georgia. Brandon, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Fantastic. Thank you, Nathan. We're excited to have you. Um, I've gotten to know you pretty well over the last couple of months working on your B Corp certification. But before we go down that rabbit hole, why don't you just kind of give everybody an overview of Ecolink as a company and what you all do and kind of your story, how you ended up working there and eventually, uh, I guess, moving into the CEO role. So Ecolink was founded in 1991, so it's a pre-internet uh, business, and it was really designed in response to the Montreal Protocol for class one ozone-depleting solvents and chemicals that were going to be banned globally. I learned of Ecolink in 1998, so they've been around about seven years uh, during a failed botched interview. Believe it or not, I was gifted with a copy of Fast Company magazine, and at that time, the co-founder of Ecolink was one of the organizers of the Atlanta Reader Group. Uh, so I went to a meeting, uh, liked what I heard. And fast forward a couple months later, I became uh, basically uh, kind of in charge of operations with the intent long term to be an owner. So this was really kind of a 1999-1998 voyage dream come true. So Ecolink is in the industrial chemical space. Uh, we do a lot of work with power plants of all varieties, uh, military, aerospace, any form of manufacturing, uh, transportation it could be manufacturing, it could be fleet maintenance, including public transportation. And our real focus uh, in 1991 was to really, uh, again, go to more bio-based renewable items that would be with us a lot longer than the fossil fuels that were predominating the industry. So we really kind of worked off of regulations, whether they were for toxicity with health and safety with OSHA, or for uh, various environmental, including EPA at the federal level, but at the local level, uh, each state would have their preference for air emissions, water discharge, things like that. Yeah, it's been a fun ride, uh, not a straight line by any stretch. Uh, the industry is still moving towards, I guess, sustainability in some form. Uh, but at the end of the day, sometimes you just have to use really tough stuff to do tough jobs. So we have to balance that in terms of the less and safer chemicals as part of that mission. And I love the story, too, of basically kind of I love the failed botched interview, getting a magazine, meeting the right person. And uh, life has a weird way of working itself out. So talk to us. So you've, you've recently reincorporated as a public benefit corporation. You moved into an ownership role a couple of years ago. And one of the first things you did was was this reincorporation. And, and we'll talk more about the entire Ecolink journey. But um, and you've also submitted your certification to become a B Corp. Obviously, this is the B the Change uh, podcast series. So, what drove you to take these steps? What, like, why does being a B Corp 
matter to you? Why does that certification matter? Um, especially in the space you're in and the ROI, you'll realize when you're selling, you know, cleaning agents and solvents and industrial supplies, like what was it that drove you to put that kind of that B Corp seal on the, uh, on the old website? So I bought the business, believe it or not, in February of 2020, as in right before COVID uh, lockdown. So I had a real fun uh, six weeks of ownership of moving three times, consolidating, finding anybody who would return my phone call while they were in lockdown mode. But I, in my first week of owning the business, was uh, part of a local Georgia mentor-protege program for a year-long study. And that was, again, fortuitous for multiple reasons. But I... um, as part of that was connected with a group out of uh, the Midwest who facilitates basically small business business assessments. So it was really kind of a data-driven science-based looking at the company that I just acquired, where have we been, not where are we going, but where are we in the moment? And where do we have uh, areas of opportunity for growth? And one of the more resounding areas within those, those different metrics and matrices was around the human talent, you know, people first. So I spent most of the first year really kind of uh, figuring out that piece from an employee handbook and some shade or flavor of culture. It was just kind of the beginning of that, but establishing a baseline of where my team was in terms of um, skill inventory, gap analysis, things like that. And as I got through that year, uh, one and now into 2021, I really wanted our 2021 to be a, a rededication back to our um, original charter and mission of 1991. Uh, we were going to celebrate this year, just uh, hoping again back in January of this year that we would get a place where the vaccine would be available and we could return to being in person in some way. So it was very much a high focus for me, but um, taking a step back, even before Ecolink, uh, my studies of just college and grad school were really kind of long-term envisioned. So I, you know, really kind of an economist at heart and then a mass communicator um, just because that's where um, the world we're we're living in. But I've been effectively following some trends for for probably 30, 40 years now in terms of college and and post-college to kind of see where we're moving in terms of the uh, generational shift uh, where we're having just everyday um, exodus from the workplace, whether it's retiring and or selling a business as I'm a you know benefactor of. So I, I know that there's going to be a kind of a big place going forward where there's going to be a younger generation in the workforce that's going to look for more than just a paycheck uh, in terms of what is the values, what is the purpose behind that organization, and how inclusive are they in terms of decision making and um, obviously compensation uh, and, and benefits. So I kind of know, I think, where we're going to go next in terms of rising healthcare. Um, we're living longer, so just our need to save for the future is going to be there. Uh, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid are going to be challenged uh, in the next 10 years. That's, that's not a secret. Uh, that's just you know the reality check. And I think right now we're seeing a lot of disruption in the general uh, retirement uh, categories in terms of Bitcoin and blockchain and all these alternative vehicles to try to go beyond your paycheck in terms of saving for today and saving for tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and the thing I love about your story and what you've done and the changes you've made is it's all from a very authentic place. I, I like to joke sometimes that this next generation, the Gen Zs, um, and I'm whatever you want to call me, I, I like to say upper cusp millennial, which is my code word for an older millennial. 
But uh, Gen Z, I think, has given given us the courage to kind of step out of our shell and say this is what was should have been we should have been doing all along. Um, they're just really forcing our hand and kind of leveraging their position of power amidst this great resignation. So I think it's 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 wonderful um, what you're doing. And you mentioned a lot of things around uh, retirement. And that was one of my one of the questions I wanted to ask you because I was I was, you know, there with you when you kind of rolled this out. Um, talk about some of the changes you made and some of the kind of what I would call very innovative retirement plan. When I tell people kind of some of the some of the stuff, um, um, they're like, wait, what? Huh? How, how, how can he do this? And, and so tell tell our listeners a little bit about kind of what you've done and, and kind of the, the leadership you've shown to kind of demonstrate, I guess, servant leadership or really looking out you mentioned human talent and people first really looking out for that human talent so to kind of step backwards for your earlier question when i looked at our articles of incorporation in preparation for the b corp and making some of these concerted efforts together i realized that they had never been updated since 1991 so there was just its own awareness as a non-owner non-employee and i found that interesting in terms of just being with the business longer than the owner who i'd acquired the business from that i wasn't at that level of really understanding what is our original incorporation and what do we mean today all these years later so that was kind of for me a little bit of a eye-opener and admittedly you know there's servant leadership and then there's ignorant uh leadership and i was fairly ignorant to um be candid around really what we stood for uh 30 years later so i really in- embraced my team over the past 18 months or more to kind of uh, re-envision what that looked like. Uh, and again, just re- utilizing the B Corp assessment and those different sections of the questionnaire, it helped kind of guide that, you know, as because I had completed this back in, well, I started it in early spring, but more or less completed it in the summer. And we had our dedication, if you will, in October. So in terms of the equity part, really, I think a lot of people matter in terms of show me the money. And this is great, but I, I need to pay my rent and I need to replace this old car or student loans. We, um, as part of this uh, discovery session for me, since I was new to the HR portion, I um, looked at kind of how we were structured in terms of tenure, if you were here longer, uh, what were the things that you were getting versus somebody here who had been here uh, more recently. So it was really kind of seeing whether it was paid time off, family leave, any form of that, just in terms of time being, you know, a, a currency, but then looking at where were we within uh, small businesses just to kind of establish a baseline, but what was also possible. So we had always had a employer match, which a lot of companies offer, and I never knew admittedly where, what the upper limit was. You know, were we competitive? Were we on the low end? Where, where were we in that structure? And more importantly, because I have a more wide range employee base, just from a generational perspective, I have folks who are playing catch up for 401k after turning 50, you can add additional funds towards your future. Then you have younger folks, fairly you know, uh, young in their career, might not be able to put in their, the equivalent of the company match. So I kind of saw two problems that I could fix, uh, but I didn't have a current solution provider that would be in that space to help us do that. So I had to kind of go within my networking community and happen to have, uh, no, no surprise, a local B Corp that really understood kind of how to manage that. So. We went through kind of the charter and there's a lot of legalese that I'm not here to kind of touch on, but just acknowledge like what were the do's and don'ts from a best practice perspective and how can I, knowing that it's gonna be harder to retire for all of us, just in terms of living longer and all the different uh, trend lines are moving towards one direction, healthcare, insurance and so forth. 
where can I do better? So we are at the maximum of what uh, we're allowed in terms of you know federal standards and IRS, and no match is required. So anybody you know starting and staying at EcoLink gets the maximum the IRS allows without having to um, put into their pocket. But I also looked at our profit sharing planning commission, whatever version of uh, you know incentive pay, I guess is the more broad term. And I realized that there was some inequities there that I could, you know, improve, improve upon because if you're more of a business development, sales, marketing person, we, there's more dotted lines towards financial cause and effect. Whereas if your operations are more day to day, it might not be as intuitive of how you're contributing to the greater good and how, more importantly, you can share in that if you're, you know, successful. So we started learning about, uh, believe it or not, an old-fashioned plan by the name of pensions. So cash, cash balance plan is, is a, you know, equitable way, uh, especially for business owners ages 50 and over, which I can appreciate, to um, fund their future, but also um, do it in a more tax advantage way with their employees. So um, as we kind of look at tenure and where were people five years ago, if they had been with it that long, or somebody who just joined us this year, how do I give them an equal, you know, equal footing uh, on funding you know, their future. And as they grow in the business, uh, their future grows as the market. But I think the kicker for us was not just you know, saying, uh, give us some index funds and whatever you, you can pick from the menu, is really looking at our values that again, that the team had been kind of talking about, but I've been thinking about since you know, day one at Ecolink and how are those reflected? You know, with our local financial advisor, we now have ESG and SRI um, based, you know, fossil fuel free options as an example, where if that really matters to you and your family and your community, then you can actually, you know, dedicate that part of your long-term retirement, you know, in that. And prior to this year, we never had access to that. And it was never going to be available through our previous uh, manager of those funds. So that's pretty exciting. We're, we're definitely happy. I think where we, as we look at kind of the markets long-term, you're going to see a a bigger return um, just with, you know, companies who pollute less, consume less, waste less, take your pick. Yeah. hundred percent. I keep saying that too, of like, this is the next, and you're seeing it play out with where people want to work. You know, there's that B Corp slogan vote every day, but you know, as Gen Z gets disposable income and moves up the, the corporate ladder in some weird way, this is the free market. This is the, the Milton Friedman market working. It's consumers and employees driving demand. One other thing I, I kind of want to touch on, and you've touched on it a lot, obviously, because you've, you've talked a lot about your vision and kind of this, you know, first 18 months to two years kind of in the in the owner's seat. What is the future vision for you? Like, I mean, I, I like to joke when I tell people about you that you're kind of creating the company of the 21st century. You want your employees to enjoy their lives. You want your employees to be able to retire early. You want what's you just you you want a really high quality of life for your people. So what's I guess what's next for Ecolink? Like, what's the next big what's the next big uh, trick up Brandon's sleeve? So, I guess one trick that I didn't touch on yet that is still fairly new to the company. Last year, uh, going into Labor Day, we uh, launched a four day work week. So we started looking at again just you know morale and just frankly mental health. And you know a lot of folks were putting in extra hours, whether they were salary or hourly. There wasn't going to be a, an easy way to be equitable for them. So we really had to kind of, uh, in my case, practice tough love of saying, don't, don't log in on Friday. I don't want to you know, get any messaging of any kind. 
So we're, we shut down uh, basically Christmas Eve and, and come back after the first of the new year and nobody has to consume any of their PTO for that. Different folks need different time for different reasons. And it's always good to have a bankroll, uh, whether or not you want to carry that over in the future. We have kind of caps on that. So somebody's not taken off three months. But more importantly, we've positioned a business where we could truly work anywhere. Um, we've been kind of uh, recently in the last, let's say, 90 days, kind of communicating, uh, excuse me, mapping our communications. And we're looking at real time just in terms of how urgent is urgent and what is that level of importance. So we're kind of designing as we speak uh, who, who handles what when and, and does it need to be same day, same hour, same minute? Or can we actually have some grace and headspace to you know, be more refreshed and pursue that work? So we're kind of looking at the clock and the calendar in a, in a different way and figuring out uh, where we'll be physically from a clock and calendar and um, how, how can business run as normal? I've, you know, my family and I have a five week trip to Ireland and Scotland, and I have no intention of having to burn a lot of time because uh, work can get done wherever and more or less whenever. Uh, so I'm, I'm guessing the uh, surrogate or the, the guinea pig to see if I can do it. Can, uh, can others follow? Well, that's fantastic. I'm sure there's probably some listeners right now like, hey, are they hiring? <laughs> well, that's the funny thing. Uh, so I've been in this, in this company, in, the, in this industry since 1999. Uh, I'm pretty real about, you know, folks' stickiness of how long they're going to remain loyal to any one company. As great as all this sounds, I'm still in the chemical industry, right? I'm just... I'm not trying to glorify it. I'm just acknowledging it's an everyday staple that you know industries and households need. We just want to make it easy to to complete those transactions in a in a way that you get better than average service at a affordable market rate. So I'm also recognizing for our team, you know, this isn't happily ever after as a as a marriage. My goal with our our existing team and future team members is to obviously learn whatever those best practices are. If you're in accounting. What are those in terms of the 21st century digital accounting, you know, um, tips and tricks and so forth. If it's digital marketing, which we do a lot of internally, uh, where is that moving as an industry? Again, back to my flunked failed interview, I would, ha- I would hate to know that I had to have one of our associates go somewhere else and they, bo- they bombed an interview because I didn't give them whatever you want to call it, good experience and say, yeah, we rocked out. We did this great thing and I was part of it. So we do a ton of work with college interns and recently out of school or going into school or bypassing school. So as part of our 30th anniversary this past Monday, we just did a uh, scholarship that we kind of really spread out, including to places like Ireland of all places. Keeps coming back to Ireland this morning. Um, so we... Um, really much are banking on that long-term future. And if we can be this test kitchen where students can come in specifically, learn some of the crafts uh, and be in a no or low risk environment in terms of you know repercussions and, oh, that was bad and you know it's horrible. That's the exciting piece for me long-term is just knowing where uh, the next generation, existing generation that's coming into the workforce, what they can do to launch new you know business ventures and if it's not something that fits all the boxes for Ecolink and you, whoever you are, can we possibly be some version of a, either a connector or an incubator or potentially just be, a, you know, have an investment if it's a really exciting idea that aligns with who we are, either as a person for me uh, or through the company if it's just kind of on brand. I think that's, you know, where as we approach our third year working together with me as the owner, 
that's where it'll be fun to kind of test some of those waters together. It's fascinating. And, and, and not to tease the episode that's coming after yours, but there was a, a great quote I heard from, from Rochelle Kiramoto, who will be on this podcast next. And she said, what if, if somebody, um, if I mentor somebody and I train somebody up and they get their dream job, what kind of a leader would I be to not be excited for them? So, and I think it encompasses what you just said too, of like, Hey, people, we work for 40 years, like we're going to work at other places. What part did I have in their ultimate career success? Did I set them up somewhat financially? Did I set them up with mentoring and experience and successes? Um, and I really think it's what this this entire B Corp community is all about is, I mean, a lot of these things people toss around the four-day work week of like, these are all pipe dreams that guy wrote, you know, sold, sold some books writing about it, but it'll never happen. You know, no company could ever do this match. So it's 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 um, absolutely fascinating to hear your story, the Ecolink story, um, and and just grateful for your time today. And before we leave, I was going to ask you because you've been dropping nuggets of wisdom. Uh, is there any one last like parting words of wisdom that you want to leave with our listeners before we uh, wrap this up? Yeah. So I, I overheard uh, one of your sessions with Creature Comfort, and there were some books that he had shared about. This is where you belong in the search for God in Guinness, which uh, I hear there's Guinness in Ireland of all places. <laughs> so uh, I buy very few books. I am a absolute lifetime library fanatic. Uh, when I die, they are part of my estate planning, not exaggerating. So it's a rare moment for me to actually buy a book, uh, but I will give you one book. It is The uh, Atomic Habits by James Clear. And James Clear has a pretty powerful story. Um, Basically, the tiny change is a remarkable result. So weekly, he does a 321 newsletter that I've been subscribing to for several years. And more recently, in, in, in recognition of Thanksgiving and this time where we're giving, we're giving and thanks, he gave a kind of a nice little story that kind of has kept me grounded. So it goes like this. I'm going to read it. So I apologize. Be kind. You should do it simply to be decent, but do it even if you're a ruthless mercenary because you have no idea where people will end up in 10 years. The balance of power is always shifting. People will surprise you. So I wish I could say something that poignantly without having to reference someone else, but I do think this concept of uh, power always uh, shifting and changing and not knowing who's going up and down the ladder with you, uh, ahead of you, whether it's the ownership, leadership, investors, whatever the stakeholder, shareholder is, but just recognizing that we've all had um, a moment where somebody was kind and, and, and nice to us. And I am definitely a huge benefactor in terms of coming to Ecolink all those years later, betting on somebody who was completely out of the industry. Frankly, you know, the owners that I worked with uh, since then, you know, we've been fairly small in size and I've had equitable access to open book management and how do we, um, how do we grow a company and all of those fun things. Yeah, that would be for me uh, one that is, is kind of close to my heart. Um, Another one I'll leave you with. I was recently in New Mexico for the first time. I'm down to two states and I'll hit all 50. And New Mexico was one of my final four along with Hawaii. So uh, I am currently enjoying American Indian business principles and practices. And what's pretty powerful about it is it's uh, basically co-written and edited by a group of Native American scholars who are part of the PhD project. And the PhD project is for a number of underrepresented communities and getting them into uh, academic arenas where they can be uh, basically change agent 
facilitators and instructors and, and shapers of the next generation. It's a pretty powerful concept, and they're obviously working off a lot of their tribal culture and how does that fit with commerce. And that's an interesting place for me to go, uh, not having that level of cultural awareness. I was there coincidentally on Indigenous Day, formerly Columbus Day. So things like that, as a kid growing up, you just, you know, unfortunately don't uh, have the wide lens of seeing, you know, all the way panoramically of, of, of what different days of the calendar mean and why we take days off and, and observe those for school or bank holidays and so forth. Uh, my daughter and I were there and this book really kind of spoke to me. So I'm, I'm enjoying that as something that is challenging and questioning what I've done historically and where we might go next in terms of staffing and partnerships and collaboration and how could that possibly be part of our supply chain or logistics or some twist, you know, within that. And I love that Matt Stevens has started the the book trend now too. He's always, every book he's ever given me has been great. And then I just wrote, I've read, I've read Atomic Habits. I haven't read the American Indian Business Practices. That sounds really interesting. So if people want to learn more about Ecolink or follow you, where should we direct them? So our website, ecolink.com is pretty straightforward. Uh, that's probably the biggest place. I'm not super social. However, I do have an active uh, LinkedIn profile that I keep up to date. So really, those would be the primary ways. And frankly, uh, without giving my cell number, uh, email is an easy way. I, I actually answer emails. Certainly love to connect and engage with anybody interested in B Corp, putting their, you know, their people first in terms of comp plans, benefits, package. Uh, restructuring time, uh, how do you, you know, collaborate remotely um, beyond Teams and Zoom, obviously, but just how do you do that in a meaningful way where greater than, you know, only being in person in the office? Well, we'll get all those in the show notes. And Brandon, uh, absolute pleasure as always to talk to you and pick your brain. Um, this time we get to share it with our listeners as well. So um, thanks for the time. Um, always, always a pleasure. Thank you. Well, that wraps up another edition of Be The Change Georgia. We're so thankful for you being a part of this purpose-driven leadership community. And we'd be grateful if you went on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and tapped the number of stars you felt this show deserves. This helps us continually improve the content and get it out to more aspiring B Corp leaders to grow the movement of using business and leadership as a force for good. Remember, making a profit and making a difference aren't mutually exclusive ideas in business, and we encourage you to plug into this community to learn how you can do both as a 21st century leader by visiting BeLocalGeorgia.com and following the Be Local Georgia pages on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We have some exciting programming coming up soon with events and more inspiring networking opportunities that you won't want to miss. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the help from our executive producer and production team at Chat with Leaders Media. If you're looking to launch your own podcast for your business in the industry you serve, go to chatwithleaders.com. Now go enjoy your day and be a leader worth following.